0: Hello, the Internet, and welcome to Season 215, Episode 2 of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Monday, December 14th, 2021, which I don't have to tell you all, but Miles might have to tell you guys that it is, of course, national... Oh,
1: you want to know what December 14th <laughs> is? It's <laughs> National Booyah Base Day, Thank you. okay? So if you love that wonderful soupy goodness that is the French's wonderful contribution to our gastronomic culture, celebrate by making, I think, what is something very easy to fuck up. I feel like a bouillabaisse is not like mac and cheese. But anyway, celebrate a bouillabaisse. (laughs) just
0: just toss some bouillabaisse together. I love Kraft instant bouillabaisse. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) Right. All I right. Like a cup of booyah <laughs> 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 All right. Well, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Nancy Davis. Went to town with the dummy throat game. Married a dumb guy named Ron and waged a war on cocaine. Nancy Reagan, go away. Try mm-hmm. some drugs, old lady. Fire cool. your psychic. Take a hit. You could have saved the 80s. Uh, that is courtesy wow. of Schweitz. And to me, a little And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray!
1: Jack-popping through your window, even if you're not in clothes. Trying to sell you products, despite the fact that you're indisposed. One of my other podcasts covers marriages and weeds, but that's not the I guys. Here we give you news you need Hosting apps with Jacoby This here's Miles of Grey So sit still for Daily Zite We'll come back for trends tonight I wish it was a little bit closer to the actual lyrics there But overall, the brew, shout out to you for that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer-inspired yeah, AKA yeah. referencing our wonderful podcast ad-reading style and also, all praise to the, the other podcast, for Twenty Day Fiancé.
0: All praise. Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a very funny writer, filmmaker, actor, who you've seen in the largely improvised rom-com feature The End of Us, which premiered at South By in 2021. Uh, she's a writer and producer on The Morning Show on Apple TV+. plus. You might heard have of heard it. of it. Uh, heard was a field it. producer on The Opposition with Jordan Klepper. Heard Probably seen her in short films that she wrote, directed, and produced that are like actual short films but yeah. have somehow managed to like go super viral which is pretty pretty impressive
1: the good kind of short film. Yeah. yeah
0: please welcome the brilliant and talented
2: ali vingiano Allie! thank you so much for having me i am stunned by your songs truly uh, yeah. stunning
0: yeah thank so we so try much. and keep things up top very morning zoo and yeah. that includes bad parody songs yeah to introduce ourselves so, shout
1: out to the people. You know, there are people like whose careers is like to to write those like morning zoo bits. Like, I don't know if you've heard like another parts of the country. Oh, yeah. You'll just hear random comedy bits and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck was that? Yeah. They're, those writers' rooms, a salute to them. You know, doing the, I guess, the Lord's work, but yeah. I felt especially
0: strong kinship with like a morning zoo parody songwriter with, with the Nancy Reagan blowjob Yankee the throat goat thing. reference. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that is uh that could literally be pulled from a morning zoo show i
1: i just like how i was off the internet for two days because i was at a wedding and then i come back to why are people calling nancy reagan the throat goat and i'm like what (laughs) the fuck is happening already i turned my back on the computer for fucking 48 hours and
2: (laughs) i woke up and saw my phone and like i was like why are people talking about nancy reagan and i literally shouted to my fiance to like in the other room, I was like, why are people tweeting about Nancy Reagan? And he just started laughing so loudly. <laughs> like, okay. Wait
1: what, ha- wait, what did happen, though? I just know that she was being talked about, and I just saw throat go, and I said, I don't have time.
0: I'm so tired. Ben Shapiro's sister tweeted about, like, something to the event. She put a picture of Madonna at 68 next to a picture of Nancy Reagan at 68, and was like, Madonna's a piece of trash. This is like what conservatism is all about. And then somebody replied and was like, oh, you should check out this Kitty Kelly biography of Nancy Reagan, nay Davis, and how her she had made a name for herself for giving really good blowjobs on the MGM lot. Like that was, that was her kind of calling card for a while before, before uh-huh. Ronnie Okay.
2: And I think that's, like, implied that that's how she met him, because he was an actor on the M-Jam lot.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a wonderful meet-cute.
1: Yeah. And look at them. Tale as old as time, and then you completely destroy (laughs) the 80s. Yeah.
2: Just the fabric of American society. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: Allie,
0: you are a first-rate guest on our second-rate podcast. How's it going with the the morning show? That's a...
2: <laughs> That's the show. It's we That's just got nominated a big for deal. a Golden Globe today. Jesus, so, no. no big deal. No big deal. Although I feel like the Golden Globes, I feel like there's like controversy surrounding them now. But we did get nominated, which was cool. Season two is all out now. Yeah and super fun to have to have written for i mean we shot it during covid so i was not on set the way i was for season one everyone had right. like an ipad to watch but um but right. it's yeah it's very a very fun season and i think they're just figuring out season three now cool
1: very
0: cool yeah okay we are Team Golden Globes here, in, in this household, we are, are you? Golden, okay. Golden Globes well, my household. mom's on
1: the board. Yeah, Miles' mom's what? on the board. So Full disclosure, yeah. <laughs> and I've honestly, to be honest, like I've watching the coverage of it. I think is really interesting because, in a way, I feel like the industry's found a way to scapegoat a group of foreign journalists by saying, like, where are the black journalists in this group? Where the qualifications to be in the HFPA is you? You're published in a foreign country. And you also live in the United States. So there mm. are like many, I think, diverse journalists in like like in many countries that, you know, they that are writing about film. But this, but the qualifications to be in the HFPA is then from, OK, are you foreign published and you're living in the United States? I think that shrinks the universe down while also like disregarding like many members who like my mother, who's from Japan or others from like South America and saying, where's the diversity here? Through like this very American lens. And I do think that they really should be helping to facilitate more journalists to, say, for example, be like, I would love to do that. But it's just impossible for me to move to the United States, get a visa, have a job to stay here for a long time that you can have an endowment to like actually do that. But then I feel like we've completely avoided a much larger investigation or examination of the industry, the like the publicist machinery that we have how they protect the lack of diversity overall like that exists within the industry. So, yes, while it is, I think on paper, it looks one way. I think a lot of the coverage has stripped a lot of the nuance just generally on how the industry as a whole could be improved without just saying, like, hey, man, the Golden Globes, huh? <laughs> anyway, right? don't look at our C-suites. Don't look at the people in development positions. Don't look at the people who are directing, you know, and I think that's where yeah. I get a little emotional. But, mm-hmm. yeah, other than that, uh, congrats, though. I think well-deserved.
2: Oh well, thank you. I, I do agree <laughs> with you. Like,
1: <laughs> congrats on your uh, award, though. <laughs> your yeah,
0: congrats on
3: that. Hey,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, <laughs> we're thrilled. Um, but I think that <laughs> you are right. Where it's like there, it's easy to hold up the Golden Globes as like, look at what this is bad. This is bad. But we can still go to the Oscars. The Emmys are cool. Like there is this issue where it's like there isn't one award show that is particularly good at analyzing diversity in hollywood and actually getting to the crux of the issue and a lot of times these studios use the award shows to celebrate their commitment to diversity and at the same time these are the same studios that are treating their assistants like crap underpaying people making sure budgets are as low as possible so the people who are less who have the least protections on set get the worst treatments the worst hours the worst salary like there's so many deep issues of diversity that the studios actually need to confront. And instead, a lot of times they'll use an award show to have a very performative celebration of diversity in terms of talent. But there are so many deeper issues that need to be analyzed. So I do think that the sort of vilification of the Golden Globes is...
0: A little simple. I
2: don't know. It's definitely not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, simple as It's a it
0: little pet. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think, but it's it's like anything, right? Even in politics, there's always the sort of revolving door, the, the villain du jour that sort of helps stop the conversation about going further to have a real reckoning, like it's so easy to just blame Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema exactly. for a, a lack of the infrastructure moves. But that now allows the conversation to only be about that and not like much larger layers of control and influence that really need to be assessed. All that to say, great. What a day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All that to say, congratulations. Congratulations.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I
0: think we covered everything right there i don't think we need right. to do that the was rest a great of the show, show. That yeah was, you know, thanks covered for kind of me. the big problem yeah all right we are gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment ali but first we are gonna tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about we're just gonna check in with Rand paul who is famously hates disaster relief is just on record fuck disaster yeah. relief
1: oh you need disaster okay fuck uh-huh. you pay me is kind
0: of where he comes in on that, except now he wants disaster relief, which he absolutely should get. It was a fucking horrifying weekend in Kentucky. So we will talk about that. It has been made official. We now can officially, you know, look up to Elon Musk as our greatest person. Time magazine has named him person of the year. So, yeah, we're going to read the first couple paragraphs of that article just because I just want to see where we're at as a culture i the darkest thing is i actually think they got that right like i think that's the right pick not like he's the best person but that he is like the person who makes sense for time to choose as their person of the year right so we'll talk about that we'll look at how fox news is getting ready for the new reich 2024 chris wallace left so we'll we'll see we'll see what's going on there we will look at the the big hockey game fundraiser for, it was like, feel good. Watch these teachers get donations for school supplies. And it, it's just like one of those details. It would be great a great detail in a futuristic dystopia. And it happened this weekend. And people were like, that's so nice. Right. So we'll talk about that. All of that, plenty more. But first, Allie, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history?
2: You know, I, I just looked as I was getting ready for this and it's about six articles on the Succession season finale. <gasps> oh,
0: yeah. Now there is a spoiler that I, uh, <laughs> I can't actually don't give a yet. shit about. I, will say that I haven't thing. watched it. But... I fell
1: asleep right when it started.
2: You fell asleep?
1: Yeah, I was so tired. Again, I came back from a wedding. I had to finish mm-hmm. the last episode and I was watching with my partner, Her Majesty, and we were just speculating what happened to Jeremy Strong on that float. She's like, is he just, he just died on that thing? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like, if they did, they really didn't seed that well enough for me to believe that he was, like, an addict to the point where he was going to, you know, sort of perish in a shallow, sort of face-down, floaty death. All that to say, I have not seen it yet, so many questions will be answered about this season uh, mm. when I watch it later today. Yeah, yeah I feel
0: I
3: would, like they
2: yeah.
0: seeded s- it well enough. I've, I could totally buy that, but okay. Oh, okay.
3: All right.
2: I think that's why that episode was so, like, compelling to people because it's like it really could go either way like i feel like they've built to it and on the other hand it's like shocking and would be like surprising in so many ways
1: yeah but also like very like the kind of show that is prestige tv where they're like oh you think everyone can just fucking live
2: (laughs) (laughs) right right.
1: everything is temporary (laughs) they're
3: gone
2: well, I will say it the, the finale they they stick the landing every fucking season, like it's just so good like right. it, I won't say any spoilers, except I did watch it at like midnight and then stayed up far too late reading everything I could find about it.
0: yeah wow. yeah, penultimate episode of season threes that's when we've lost some of some of the greats in in the history of t v your mm. s- spoiler alert your stringer bell your oh you know okay that was who else? I mean that's the one that sticks out.
2: <laughs> is, <laughs> is that it, the what? Red Wedding episode? I think it was the Game Red Wedding episode. I think so too.
0: Yeah. I could so, be wrong. But. In your face, Miles.
1: I mean, okay, <laughs> no, I just didn't know what I didn't know what we were talking about. But yeah, I think those are always the that's what I love about a show when they they don't like there's no such thing as like sentimentality around a character and it's for the purely for this is the story we're telling. They yeah. don't live.
3: Okay. Yeah. yeah Deal yeah.
1: with it.
0: What is something you think is overrated, Allie?
2: New Year's Eve It's going to be my answer here.
3: Yeah. Go
2: on. Like, there's never, for me, like, there's hardly ever a good New Year's Eve. Because the expectations when you're young are, like, so high. Like, you want it to be, like, the best sign of your life. A huge party. The next day is January 1st. Like, you have all these expectations for all this change that's going to magically happen. And, like, it's there's so much build to it. And because of that, you're either, like, drastically disappointed or it's just, like, fine. Mm. I I feel like last year, even celebrating New Year's Eve in COVID, we just, like, made a nice dinner and, like, had a nice night in. And you're still sort of, like, sad that you don't get to go out. But when you do yeah. go out, I feel like it's either, like, every, you're either way too drunk or, like, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much build around New Year's Eve. And this year, I'm, like, trying to just do some, like, yeah. get some friends and, like, go to an Airbnb or, like, take a trip or, like, do something that's, yeah. like, takes the pressure off trying to like just wait around and hope there's like some party that is going to yeah. make 2022 the best year of your life
0: <laughs> right i mean but on the other side of the spectrum uh last year i went to like a warehouse rave and that also yeah. wasn't that great it well, got shut down by fun. the cops, because
3: it was illegal.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was illegal. Uh, the power was cut off to the entire neighborhood halfway through. And but hey, you, you got a party. But I think, you can't yeah, let the government year... tell you what to do. Uh, go
1: ahead. <laughs> new Year's—I know it's true. It's unlike Succession finales, very hard to stick the landing mm-hmm. when you when you release yourself from the parallel bars of planning the New Year's Eve night. Because yeah, it's always like. You think it's gonna go one way, then one of your friends gets like morbidly drunk, and it's like, well, now this person's in a dire emergency, and now that's New Year's Eve. Or someone fucking breaks up like on the way there, and you have one like morose friend who's like, can't believe fucking broke up. And you're like, oh fuck. Yeah. Or you end up spending way too much money at some stupid, like back when I would do the, when I was younger and doing that Hollywood kid shit, be like, yo, we're gonna get a bottle over here, it's gonna be lit cut to you spent too much money you had you didn't meet anyone because you despite your idea of buying a bottle of champagne it doesn't make up for your lack of communication skills uh (laughs) with (laughs) potential romantic partners yeah so i always like to do like the home low-key home thing i think has been the one consistent sort of version of it where we can doesn't have to be a rager but it's more just about having a good time you know yeah,
2: totally. I feel like the real villain here is just expectations, like too high expectations.
1: That movie, because, New Year's Eve.
2: Ah, uh, have you seen isn't that it? The one that
1: no, but isn't that the one that had everyone in it?
2: It's when they were like, "Love actually worked. Let's try this six more times for holidays. <laughs> nobody cares out. St.
1: Patrick's.
0: There
2: is a Valentine's Day for sure. I right. think Seth Meyers is in it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's a classic. <laughs> yeah i think i think low-key has been like i have only started enjoying new year's eve since having kids and like having all pressure taken off to do anything but like stay yeah old. yeah
1: that's why like in japan it's nice too like we we get together new year's day like like on I'm new lovely. year's eve it's not a it's not like yo you're gonna get wild out at midnight like people like it's just whatever day the day is the next the next following few days to just be at home don't leave you've like pre-made all this food so no one has to do anything and you just really just veg out with the family and there's always ridiculous new year's or like new year's specials on tv most of the time when people see like viral clips of japanese television it's typically a new year's special where they're just doing all kinds of wild stuff or celebrities show up to do like something weird so yeah. yeah we should
0: do a episode soon about like the other countries that have like better holiday traditions just so our listeners can like steal them because that sounds so much fucking better than I, yeah well than the i US. think because
1: everything kind of ends up being a, like about consumerism on some level right you know, like and not to say that eating a ton isn't but it's like in our minds we have this like it's a party man like you're gonna put on a fancy dress and it's like you got to do some next level shit for new year's more than saying like hey it's been a whole year like let's check in with everybody and i guess like another version of thanksgiving really but yeah
2: and it's like here it's like the year's over like let's just get so drunk and like celebrate the past year and i feel like what you're talking about and i don't know if this is accurate for like what how it is in japan but like it's a celebration of the new year of like, it's a new year. It's the first of January. Like let's yeah. celebrate today how we want to spend our year. And like, exactly. I feel like that's how I'm trying to shift it in my mind of like, whatever I'm doing in New Year's is just like a good way to like introduce my next year of my life. And yeah. like, maybe I don't need to be like violently hung over. Yeah. On that day. America
0: that, New that. Year's is like all about cognitive dissonance with like just treating yourself like absolute shit while being like this year I'm gonna treat myself incredibly well.
3: Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm gonna exercise. <laughs> oh my god. Dude. But that's so on the side.
0: Like that's absolutely yeah. it's consumerism and uh just un- unrealistic ideals about self- Hey, a challenge to the everyone the listening.
1: Imagine you you wake up on the first without a fucking hangover and you oh, don't man. spend that your first waking hours of a new year going like what the fuck did I do? <laughs> Try, you know. Like in Japan, like you you want to go and you wanna greet the first sunrise of yeah. the new year. That's like a huge thing. So like in a way, you have to be on top of your shit to wake up for the fucking sunrise and then start your year.
0: I thought you were gonna challenge I him to imagine that. dragons. <laughs> what uh what is something you think is underrated?
2: there's so many things I think are underrated. Like I was thinking about rain in LA and how everyone complains about the rain and how the rain is like my favorite thing. And then I, you know, then I had this moment yesterday that I really cherished, which was when I went to the bathroom at a restaurant and I came back and my food was there. And I was like, is there a better feeling in the world?
1: (laughs) Yeah. The best. Especially like sometimes you, you'll go to the bathroom hoping that that's what's going to happen. You're like, oh man, I thought it would be here. Fuck it. I'm just going to go to the bathroom and maybe that'll be the
2: it's window true. in which it right. arrives. Yeah,
1: like you maybe can sort of catalyze the delivery by going
0: to the I'm bathroom. I'm trying to
2: like wheel it into the universe right. by leaving yeah. the table. You come
0: back, it's yeah. not there. And you're like, actually, uh, I got to go. Back I gotta go. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to uh, <laughs> right, right. poop, I guess. I forgot to poop. <laughs> <laughs> Rain Re- uh, in LA is like a phenomenon that, like, I was not aware of until I started living out here. But the air is, because it's usually so dry, the air is, like, thick with dust and smog. And, but it's, like, a lot of, you know, just everything is is dusty. The reason that, like, you know, road crews need a, a truck out there to, like, spray down the dust so that it's, you know, there there's just no water, so the dust is, like, hanging in the air. And then, like, you don't realize that, like, everything is... Like being like you're you're seeing everything through like a a screen of haze, and then it rains, and like the air is like cleaned out of all of that, and it's like suddenly like five times
1: prettier. Like right, and you're like, it's... what have I been inhaling? on <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly, uh,
2: dude. Like air quality in LA, <laughs> I obsess over it in like an unhealthy way, probably. But we all are inhaling, like it's just like the pollution is insane i think clean air is another underrated thing because like when i go to new york where my family lives i'm just like oh my god this is how i'm supposed to breathe right like my skin is better like yeah so when it rains it's just like a sweet in la it's like a sweet day of just like incredible air quality and also Mm -hmm. just the rain it's like so like needed like And it's just, like, the way the plants react to it. Like, it's just, like, to have a gloomy L.A. day, it's, I mean, I grew up in the East Coast, so I love, like, the snow. I love rain. I love, like, just weather that changes. Yeah. Yeah. The one note here. Oh, I love it.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, the rain is, like, to your point about, like, how we, like, we actually, the the earth around here needs it. It really is, like, it's, like, that sip of water in the middle of a hangover, like, in the middle of the night, like,
2: I need Yes, (laughs) Yes,
1: oh, <laughs> and like that's how the sit like the plants react. Like, oh
3: fucking thank God! Uh, uh.
1: So I I do like in some weird way I feel the same. I'm like, oh yes, good because the Earth needs this shit right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like the Mad Max scene when he like releases the water faucet and it like fills yeah. <laughs> down and like I just right. like thank thank heavens. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Rand Paul. Unfortunately. And we're back, and just a horrifying weekend in Kentucky, Missouri, Illinois Arkansas, and Tennessee, particularly Kentucky, eighty people I think I mean eighty people total I think
1: I think about sixty four in Kentucky at
0: the moment yeah we're we're killed in sixty four in Kentucky and uh yeah, just horrifying de- uh devastation and yeah I don't I don't know it's just another reminder that we need Help. We need a safety system there in place to help people
1: and, you know, combat pollution, you know, do that part, too. And yeah, I'm bringing up Rand Paul because the you know, he 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 wrote this letter to Joe Biden that's like demanding like disaster relief for the state as if he's like Trump. You know, like, cause as if Joe Biden's like, well, did you sweep up all your tornado causing leaves or like whatever, <laughs> right. you know, Trump would like condition aid on? Like, did you vote for this? Well, then maybe you're not a human who's been in a disaster. So the way he wrote is, quote, last night and early this morning, devastating storms swept across multiple states, including Kentucky. Just sort of goes on, not really asking for the relief, but merely like demanding is like, I'm urgently, you know, suggesting that you, you know, listen to the governor's uh, plea for assistance. You know, I think a lot of people were just like, oh, wow, it's very rich. Because again, this is someone who regularly votes against disaster relief, like to the point where you're like, do you think nothing will ever happen to the Commonwealth of Kentucky that might warrant the need for disaster relief? Like in 2013, he was like, Well, when the hurricane was going off in New Jersey, New York, he was like accusing Chris Christie of just like sort of being greedy and just trying to get his hands on money and is like also voted against like giving FEMA fucking money. So their budgets were like intact. So it was just a very odd turn where suddenly the person who regularly acts like he doesn't need anything has like this very, you know, demanding attitude, hostile attitude and like along alongside it. I think we also saw a lot of takes on, like, Twitter, especially of people, like, sort of laughing at Kentucky because, like, you voted for Mitch McConnell. And it's, like, kind of a similar thing, like, when Texas had their blackouts, like, suddenly, I mean, especially if like, many, like, you know, big D Democrat liberal Twitter accounts are like, ha, ha, ha. And, like, this is don't replay the same, like, nonsense. Like, at the end of the day, you please refocus everything to understand that people are fucking people and in a disaster. Like they need to be helped. Don't don't condition that like, oh, you voted for Mitch McConnell, therefore. And I get that you think that it's it's antithetical to somebody to vote for people who are regularly passing legislation that, you know, are existential threats to them. But on some level, when you're looking at things like this, I don't know how, like, you look at that and go, yeah, if I was in that situation, I want people to, like, laugh at the who's the governor of my state or something.
0: Right. Yeah. I think empathy is probably the way to go on any any of these
1: they they didn't in general yeah yeah
2: yeah hundred percent i mean it's i think it's such a gross take seeing that on twitter from like liberals and like it's as if there's this disconnect from the fact like a hunt like there's this idea that a hundred percent of the people in kentucky voted for mitch mcconnell so they yeah, deserve I, this and that's like actually not how our system works and a lot of yeah. people didn't vote for mitch mcconnell and the democrats put up Spent all their money on Amy McGrath when Charles Booker was like an amazing candidate. Like there's so many other political things happening and sure. none of that shit actually matters. Like what matters is just that people are dying and they deserve relief. And Rand Paul is also an idiot. And the point of the government is to help the people. So I think relief aid is a good idea in disasters. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: The fact that he's like putting it in the tone of like that this is partisan politics, like that this right. is an episode of crossfire, and he's like debating Joe Biden on whether or not to send the aid is pretty silly,
1: yeah, and I think just in general people I, and I it again speaks to the polarization that's happening because we've, on you know in both registered voters of both parties still are defaulting to like well, they're not real people, right mm-hmm. sort of thing, and I think that's precisely why we're kind of in the state that we're in when I think you'd hope that sort of the first response out of people who seemingly think they're a people of goodwill would be empathy to say that is so fucked up. Yeah, we need to help them otherwise. But then it's just more of a reflection. of like, Well, they, they laugh when bad things happen in these other states. So, well, that's that's how they choose to look at the world. That's not that's not how we're going to get through anything. We actually have to work together. And you're seeing that in all these states like very quickly. You know, I think partisan ideologies begin to sort of disappear like in the face of a disaster like that and you're seeing people in all these states really you know having to help each other right
2: if there's a partisan angle to it i would like not that i think there is but if i was like desperate to make a take on twitter like i think it would be like wow look at how rand paul the government that you've elected in your state is not helping you like that's really sad like There's other people who want to help you. Like I feel like that is like maybe the only way in. And like, but again, like I don't think it matters. Like I think all that matters is that people are safe and we look out for each other when people are dying from circumstances that they can't control.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. The like you know the pandemic sort of blew open how America is going to respond to things like things that are out of people's control where people needlessly lose their lives, or there could be ways to keep people safe. Is immediately turns into a like, well, that's how those people think they're going to stay safe. And that's how we think we're going to stay safe. And that I think the continuing deterioration of of that is, you know, hope to blunt that momentum. But we shall see. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's a good point that we (laughs) I guess I shouldn't be surprised when they're uh, politicizing a tornado that killed, you know, 90 people when. They politicized something that killed more people than all American wars combined. So. Right. All right. On to better news. Our our hero has been officially coronated by the mainstream media. Time has announced their person of the year. Twenty twenty one. Elon Musk, baby. And I just want to read the opening paragraph because I think it's like a perfect tone poem for like what for our current moment. And just the feeling I get when people quote Elon Musk to me, (laughs) which and also when people attribute quotes by smarter people to Elon Musk, which I've seen happen a couple of times. All right. Here's here's how it opens. The richest man in the world does not own a house and has recently been selling off his fortune. So he's basically like a, a hero, a philanthropist. He tosses satellites into orbit and harnesses the sun. He drives a car he created that uses no gas and barely needs a driver. With a flick of his finger, the stock market soars or swoons. An army of devotees hangs on his every utterance. He dreams of Mars as he bestrides Earth, square jawed and indomitable. Lately, Elon Musk also li- likes to live tweet his
3: poops. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah there it is no say less time say less we get it that is that is our person of the year
3: right
2: those opening sentences real just the way that they're like making like he doesn't own a house he's been selling off his fortune right like the the awe that we're supposed to feel from these statements is he's a
0: real is, people's hero
2: wow <laughs> yeah guy who's <laughs> the richest person in
0: the history of the fucking planet
2: what How kind of got. him to sell his fortune? With right. All the other things he could do with it. I'm so happy that he's selling it
0: <laughs> and he sold it, it for money, <laughs> <And>
2: <laughs> right? To earn money from it exactly. <laughs> like, right.
1: Yeah, he's so good. He sold his stuff for money. Like,
2: <laughs> oh my god, we
1: love him. What the what?
2: <laughs> uh, well, like no, oh my god. There's so many issues I have with this opening line and every other line in it. But please, Jack, <laughs>
1: give us more
0: they, they treat the so the comedy thing is one of the like just things that upsets me the most because people because he treats himself as like a serious like funny person like people treat him as that and that's what so that's where it goes from the lately elon musk likes to live tweet his poops they say the next paragraph Just dropping some friends off at the pool, the 50-year-old zillionaire informed his 66 million Twitter followers on the evening of November 29th, having previously advised that at least half his tweets were made on a porcelain throne. After an interval, 21 minutes, if you must know, an update. Splish splash. And then this is Elon's uh, response. Sometimes I do hit some resonant notes with respect to humor. Mm Mm-hmm. So Mm -hmm. I guess he's saying like, I fucking nailed it with that. Is that what, is that how I translate that? He's like, yeah, I guess I am pretty fucking funny sometimes. It's like a C3PO
2: version of the sentence. I nailed it. like, it's like, as if it was not (laughs) written by a human. (laughs) Sometimes I do hit some resonant notes with respect (laughs) to
1: humor jokes.
0: (laughs) As you know, brevity is the soul of wit. And sometimes I do hit some resonant notes with respect to humor. Oh, okay yeah i don't know like i got i don't think i have the like life in me to continue to read from the article but like they just (laughs) really fucking love him as does everybody i think they got it right like with this pick because i like
2: (sighs) was trump the person last year wasn't like don't they normally try to pick like controversial people
0: i think biden was the person biden yeah yeah which we didn't even know if he was going to win
2: at that point,
0: right?
1: I mean, the the election was, yeah. I, I guess if you're saying, like, stop the steal in that sense. Miles, you know I'm always yet. saying, you know that's the subtext <laughs> of everything I say. is
0: Stop the fucking steal, bro. Stop the steal!
1: <laughs> no, yeah, it was 2020 was joint Kamala and Joe. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. And then 2019, Greta Thunberg.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, so, wow.
1: 2016 was Trump. Got yeah. it.
0: Yeah. They just pick the winner whenever an election happens. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like this, they're used to, I like I like to think of like celebrities and like brands and like I thought like Einstein had the market cornered for like smart quotes. Like people would attribute anything they thought was smart to Einstein. They'd be like, Einstein actually once said, and then like fucking tell you something that was in... Like a Kurt Vonnegut book or something. But like now I'm seeing that happen with Elon Musk. Like he's our new, like smart guy, super genius. Mm. And I think that's a step down because his uh, intelligence is also paired with like globe destroying fucking privilege and greed. But I don't know. And the people who are like into him are always like, you know, people who aspire to be uh, billionaires. I feel like not all of them, but for the I don't think time,
1: anyone who I know who's an Elon Musk stan has a happiness or fulfillment as like their guiding principle. Right. I don't it's like it's like this sort of thing of like, I'm the fucking smartest guy with all the money is sort of like, and that's is that what you need to feel good? OK, I don't know. You've, I've never heard you say anything about your own your own needs as a person, but that's OK. Let's we'll, we'll map that on Elon and hope that that will solve everything.
2: It's like they can see him from a disconnect. There's a disconnect between our actual world that he participates in, and it's like, yes, in like a character in a movie, like, ooh, I want to be like rich like that guy. I want to be like have a zillion dollars like this guy. Although I do think a zillion in the article is like really, like, I'm not gonna say bad journalism, but I'm gonna say like disrespectful to the fact. It's just like he has a zillion dollars. This isn't a real amount. It's fake, and it's like, no, actually, he has this amount of money this is a problem. He won't let his workers unionize. And then you say like, he's like selling off his money. And how cool is that? Like, this is actually, there's a lot of issues with joking about his money to me. Um, Now I don't even remember what I was going to say. Oh, that people like look at him in this vacuum as like in a character in a movie, how fun and cool is he? But in our actual world that we live in, he's actively destroying it and like causing so much environmental damage and could just probably fix climate change with the amount of money he has. And, There's like a disconnect from like the actual awful actions he's taking and how, or they just don't care. And it's like, okay, well, if you want to be the next Elon Musk, like you also need a world to exist in to do that. So,
1: oh, I'll buy enough rocket ships to fuck off off of (laughs) her. That's the difference. This guy's thinking, man. This shit's a wash.
0: Also, like <laughs> calling him like square jaw, square jawed, and indomitable <laughs> is like too. straight up. That's how Superman wrote- is described. And I
1: want to like, know uh, how I want to know how many revision passes has his <laughs> got, got on this article. Yeah,
2: did he write this?
0: <laughs> right. There's yeah.
2: no mention of his new haircut in it, and I feel like I don't know. Yeah.
0: His fash wave could- haircut. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Very, very aggressive haircut.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, real quick. Chris Wallace has left Fox News. It was a surprise announcement at the end of his uh, Sunday show. He's apparently going to CNN Plus, which is CNN's subscription service that will, I think, compete to be the least subscribed to service of any sort that <laughs> that anyone has ever launched. But may, maybe not. I just I don't I don't understand why you would subscribe to that instead of just have CNN on talking about whatever. But, anyways, I, I don't know the behind-the-scenes machinations. I do think that we are seeing broadly like people positioning for like the fourth Reich that is going to be out in the open, white supremacy and fascism starting around the twenty twenty four election. And you know, Fox is putting themselves in in position to no longer really have that critical kind of news focused side of things and you know, just be full Tucker Carlson ledge, I guess, I guess like his Tucker Carlson's Patriot Purge documentary in quotes, it was something that Chris Wallace had criticized. And so that that might have led to this. But
1: yeah, I mean, he's had the unfortunate distinction of being like the one of the few people who like would try to acknowledge like some level of how bad shit was with Trump. And being objective, like, should a
0: president do that? And they're like, oh, OK,
1: you fucking Democrat. Get the fuck out of here. And it's like, uh, uh, I know that's a that's a real question. And yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really I, I think the fact that you have these sort of challengers to the throne in like OAN and Newsmax, that's pulling them even further off the ledge because they're seeing that they were like hemorrhaging viewers uh to like Newsmax in certain like time uh, time slots. And that's only bad for Fox, quote unquote, news, because, yeah, like, as you see, Tucker Carlson isn't slowing down. Laura Ingram's not slowing down. It's just getting further and further into their sort of, you know, white dominated fantasy world.
2: Full fascism all the time.
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: But I think that's I think people are going to be surprised by how much a second Trump administration is Like, the lesson they will have learned is to just get rid of, like, anything resembling brakes on the Trump train and just go, like, full unadulterated, like, authoritarianism Mm. and fully, like, trying to make adjustments while he's in office to keep him in office and, you know, make it so that he can't be voted out, so... That's, I think, where we're headed. But hopefully CNN Plus can uh, save us.
1: And- Maybe yes. CNN Plus will get us, our voting rights restored. Right,
2: right. I definitely think cable news is what's going to save us in 2024. Yes.
1: I'm glad <laughs> somebody else is saying
0: it because that's what I'm hoping.
1: Person of the year.
2: Corporate media.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. They told us the truth about Joe Biden. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Like, oh, God.
2: Focusing on all the right stories all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Time person of the year will be like Donald Trump presents Time person of the year. Like he, would. oh
2: god, yeah.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> <Right>. dark. <laughs> Trump presents Time person of the year. This year's Donald Trump. Yes. Oh,
0: cool. who's like the next person of the year? The next most personist of the year? I mean, it's got to be Ivanka, right? Am I the only one who? No, it's, feels it's like a, it's got to be Ivanka.
1: It's a sock full of loose bullets.
2: Mm. <laughs> Joe Rogan.
3: Joe Rogan. Oh, oh, man.
2: Yeah, no, it's really dark. I'm just hoping there's something in that week that can happen that can prevent a Trump 2024. And I hope that, like, the Democrats are able to, at some point, do things for people that really affect their day-to-day lives. And in a positive way, so we can just avoid total fucking utter disaster in two years.
1: Yeah. The data set not looking too good. right now. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, we got to keep our eyes peeled. And like, yeah, I think it's, as more and more, uh, hopefully more and more people actually get in touch with how dire the situation, especially as it relates to like election boards. Like you're already seeing like Georgia, they're purging black members of ele- county election boards. It's, it's like yeah. it's they're they're f- very much fully positioning th- themselves to be able to flip a switch and just say like, nah, man the winners whoever the fuck we say it is yeah and you're going to have to fucking accept that and i think that's i don't think that reality has been communicated properly in the news to people it's just always like wow like they're doing a lot of news like voter suppression rather than saying like hold the fuck on this idea that you live in a country where you could go and vote i mean even now i mean many would argue you know what 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 good does it do now but even further so we're talking about just absolute vaporware and there you know even less accountability is that a fucking situation you want to be in i mean it's already bad enough now and to go f- deeper down that hole i think is a reality that i think americans aren't able to fathom because voting has always been like a thing that's like yeah you vote and then like whoever gets the most votes you win since you're in school or doing like school elections as a kid but that's that idea of like you know whoever has more better like more people supporting their ideas wins that's uh more, very quickly becoming a like an afterthought.
2: It totally is an afterthought, and it's also just like our the entire way that electoral politics work is based on the idea that it's not actually the amount of people who want something that wins. I mean, if that was true, Hillary would have won, right? Like, yeah, it's sort of this idea right. that is part of our system, and we've sort of like I think because of that, there's this acceptance of like, yeah, well, that's not how it works here. Like, it's not about the most popular; it's about the system that we have that we don't totally understand, and I think it sort of ingrains this idea in you that you don't have control over anything. Um, so, like, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think it's sort of trickles down in the way that the voting suppression is happening right now. I think you're right where there is a disconnect from, like, no, people actually are not going to be able to vote. And, like, this is ultimately going to change the fabric of electoral politics in our country. I do think there's a, a little bit of a disconnect from a lot of people and like myself including at times included at times as i've like learned about these issues i think there is like a sense of well how bad can it be like we all vote right right
0: and yeah even independent of the suppression and the like you know rigging and changing that's happening at the local level there's also the current the democrats who are currently in power seem like they think uh well, just that we'll get people to vote more now because they will recognize how bad it can get uh, as as a strategy, and I don't Which
2: know. Which is so fucked up. Work. It's like, no, they want to recognize that you can help them. They want to recognize right. that when you're in power and when you have all branches of the government, there can be actual actions that impact someone's life instead of learning that, like, the Senate parliamentarian is a thing. Whoops. Right. Like, right. we've never heard that ever, but now we can't get minimum wage. Sorry, like, that is not a winning strategy for Democrats. They actually have to do something to show people that when they're in power, their lives are improved. Yeah. And it's just like shocking how little they've been able to achieve. And like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I won't get too much into it. I no, can I mean, really I think, go but no, that's a,
1: It's, I All think it's mean, yeah, it's a habit that both parties are unable to break. Right. Because the, the, to... the line really does end with, is this going to help people? Well, then we fucking can't do that. Right. You know, like that. Exactly. And I think the difference being is that, you know, you see all those memes in the version of like what well, Republicans say, what Democrats say. And the Democrats saying the same thing, except with like better fonts and emojis around it, while mm-hmm. though the substance of it is the exact same. And yeah, I, 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 it, it is disheartening in that sense. And I think that's the sort of reality, too, that I think that it just can't be uttered on TV uh because it's like it's too real to say I'm like fucking MSNBC it's like well to be honest like there's the will to really get things done is about around the same because when it comes to really fighting for things that are going to help people the will is just not there and there are you know there are transformational things that were being proposed but we're already seeing them get diminished and diminished and diminished and yes they are, they are still meaningful also because the bar is so low and i think we there's we really have to You know, it's hard to, I think, see Americans truly demand uh, to get the things that they want out of their politicians. Because, like, to your point, Ali, like, it's just it becomes a thing where you think, well, what's nothing's happened. Mm -hmm. So what good is it doing? And then you see how Democrats want to motivate the base. And it's like, I don't know, man, if you guys don't vote. There, some, it's gonna get bad well you're you're there though to do that for us where's
2: that where's the fuck is that Where, what are y'all doing the just vote like tweeting just vote whenever something bad happens is just not a winning strategy anymore when you guys have power and we did vote and this is what's happening so like yeah. you need to change your tune we voted yeah, yeah. try yeah. to act on it like yeah, bring it
3: yeah
1: i think bring it home
0: I think it's going to go real
1: bad, the midterms
0: (laughs) and 2024.
1: I think it's going to go real
0: fucking bad.
1: Midterm probably be slam age, and then they'll panic and then figure it out. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Maybe just Mm. in
1: the nick of time, but I also see it happening. Like, they double down on the nonsense. And You're like, oh, okay.
0: Well, now they'll see. Now they'll be scared by the fact that we lost the midterms, and then they'll really come out.
1: "Mm." It's like, oh, the Republicans are now controlling the House, and they stripped everyone of committee assignments. So now what?
0: Right. Yeah, I feel like that's not the thing that's going to spur everyone to action that they might think it is.
2: Yeah, I feel like there's a disrespect of like the people of like, well, like Democrats can't do anything because like cinema and mansion. So like, sorry, like we just need to vote for more Democrats. Whereas like, there's this, I, I, I don't. I mean, not everyone in the country is politically informed, but I do think a lot of people understand that actually the Democrats could do so much more and are not, and they continue to like just bank on the like ignorance of the people in a way that like i find is like really disgusting like especially uh, like a lot of the rhetoric around like the uh, like roe v wade also like was disturbing to me for that reason where it's like when you guys like there there were opportunities to actually like codify this into law that we just like wasn't a priority because abortion rights are how are like a really important political issue for Democrats. So I do think there's like a few like gross rhetorical Mm -hmm. ways that the Democrats are operating right now. And the reality is like, things are fucking dire. Like Trump's going to win in 2024. Like we just need to like shut up and like, not like pull Republican moves, like with like Supreme court or like do something that is actually going to change the way that people view the, the uh, possibilities of, what can happen when a Democrat's in power.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about that hockey fundraiser. (music) And we're back. And finally some feel good news, you guys. (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
3: Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> Finally, uh, one Breath of those of fresh sweet air. little stories at a hockey game. Was it? What was it like? A high school, it's like hockey a junior
1: game? league hockey. It wasn't like it wasn't. You know, it was like a local hockey game.
0: Local hockey game. They did a fun thing where mm-hmm. they rolled out a little piece of carpet on the ice, put out five thousand dollars in ones. Was that in, in ones? singies? Yeah, singies. And then had teachers like crawl over each other to like stuff as many of the singles into their shirt as possible to buy supplies for for their school because we don't give them money to do that because (laughs) they're wildly underpaid. Uh...
1: The wild part is so this fun, this whole stunt, right, is like in the intermission, I think, between periods or something. But. It was put on by CU Mortgage Direct. And you're like, oh, my. (laughs) Like, it already makes you want to puke in your mouth. It really They put down the five thousand dollars and like the head of like their development and marketing was telling the local paper that it was, quote, an awesome group thing to do (laughs) after a couple of difficult pandemic years for for educators. What in the holy fuck (laughs) are we talking about here? Oh, now, man,
0: I like I feel like you literally just channeled whoever that person is because <laughs> it's
1: an awesome group thing to do. You know, <laughs> like, yes, yeah, so, someone who like, you know, they see a homeless person, they turn their radio up and look
3: through, you know, <laughs> right. like
1: the other direction immediately because they can't like they can't fathom the fact that someone could be suffering. Right. That's the same mentality. I feel of someone who's like, this is awesome, dude, we take these destitute teachers, we literally cut out like exacto knife out a piece of cardboard like we're getting rid of a or a carpet like we're getting rid of a body and have them scramble for dollar bills on it for to educate our kids and you know normally this would be a story where we've seen these stories in the past right where there'll be one about like a teacher on a plane who was sitting next to someone who'd like talked about how difficult it was and then they started to kick like a GoFundMe or something, and like got a teacher twenty thousand dollars. People were like, oh my god, that's so great! It's such a feel good story. Rather than like we're failing educators and our education system has just been systematically gutted, that's what is happening. Not CU Mortgage Direct is like being making it fucking rain because they're like the you know benevolent donator, or whatever. So all that to say that the reactions normally have been like ooh ah, uh, but the reactions to this clip when it went viral. Most people, and I think this is where you're starting to see that sort of shift that's come along with, I think, increased sort of class awareness and just sort of the difficulty of life in America, where most people were starting to be on the more confused or disgusted end of the spectrum, being like, dude, what the fuck? Like, isn't that money like like the government should be giving them like to fucking be able to pay for trash bags yeah. or, you know, chalk? And I think a lot of people also noted that you know, South Dakota is only second to Mississippi, I believe, for like lowest pay for teachers. Mm. And on top of that, they're sitting on hundreds of millions of unspent COVID relief funds that, you know, you could probably funnel some of that into education since that's a critical piece of uh, infrastructure for your state to have people educated and teachers be safe. But I think but the one hope is that the coverage of this moment wasn't like, oh, wow, like they look like they had a good time. It was more like. Right no oh,
0: no it's wow
2: it's such a beautiful shift though I worked as a reporter for BuzzFeed for two years in my early 20s and we covered stories like this like often right. and like it was accepted of like how wonderful is this everyone came together to like save this to buy this girl insulin and it's like <laughs> right hold on <laughs> like yeah. actually this is Deeply, deeply fucked. And this story, like seeing the reaction to it is at least a little bit of an inspiring shift where it's like, okay, these teachers are deeply underfunded. This mortgage, throwing $5,000 on the floor and say fight for it is ultimately not a nice, awesome thing to do for teachers. And so seeing that shift, I think is really cool. And I think it sort of speaks to what we were talking about earlier, where it's like, a big part of the political uh, maneuverings are to convince people that like, sorry, this is just how much money someone in this job makes. Like, sorry, like you just don't get any of these rights. This is just how it is. Like you're just going to get paid this much forever. And there, it does take a cultural shift to be like, wait a minute. Like this is actually way too little money to make. Like this is not what a minimum wage should be. Like this is actually not the standard of living that I accept. And it is cool to see workers and like people who are like, wage earners have that shift of like, hold on a second, like, this is not the way that things have to work just because they've been the accepted way of the past.
3: Yeah.
1: And I think it also goes back to even just sort of how like why politicians are even like seem worse now, because they're they've been so used to this pattern of just saying nonsense and like most people being so disconnected from like what the real like reality of inequality is that now with people having more awareness around it and you're seeing it with around them, like not being able to be like wait, so, like, are people really withholding their labor because they realize they can get more or deserve more? And then, like, not knowing how to message shit around, like, not shaming companies for raising, like, their wages and but saying nothing when they're raising their prices to basically offset any little bit of wage increase that's happened and not treating the situation like that. And people are like, what's going on with all this? Like, well, a lot of places are raising their prices as a way to recoup the money from the little bit of profit that Mm -hmm. was shaved off from paying more wages and not realizing that i think for especially if you're a politician or you know leadership role where you're very much insulated from what it means to like just be you know having to pay your bills and not having like excess cash every month that you can sock away into savings that there's a new there's a new reality that many people are acknowledging that they are not and I think there's a lot of that friction occurring now, too, of just the sort of disconnect between the two.
0: Is there anything in place, though, for, like, so the people who respond to this and are like, that's fucking gross and looks like a scene from a, like, sci-fi dystopia? I do feel like anyone who was writing sci-fi dystopia, like, about the early 2000s probably was like, fuck, this is is a great (laughs) scene. I should have, I should have written this. but. Like is there anything for them to do like who where does that go other than like disapproval on social media you know
1: i I mean I think that's the first step, right It's like it's like if you're if you have a an issue with yourself and you're you yeah. know going through therapy or something, you don't solve it in the first session. you have to bring yeah. awareness to something first and you have to keep observing it to be able to really understand it and I think more and more people are having that moment where the awareness is coming to a lot of this stuff and it's not just like oh my god that's great like this anonymous donor canceled this school's lunch debt you're like fucking (laughs) lunch debt what does that mean oh yeah these kids owed a lot of money because they had to eat or some shit and that ain't our problem like I think people are starting to like sort of these things aren't these don't feel normal anymore it feels I think the cruelty of it all is becoming more and more transparent and, and
2: visible to people Yeah. And I do think that is a really meaningful shift of rejection of that narrative and demanding more from your politicians. And I think that whether it is like, how you vote and like voting on policy and like actually paying attention to these issues of like funding or for schools or, you know, like, or if it's just, you know, rejecting political narratives, like, I don't know, I do think it is an important place to start. And it's like, you can always call your politicians. You can always, like, donate to a GoFundMe, but, like, ultimately, n- nothing to me is more important than, like, a collective mindset mindset shift of understanding that our government is supposed to take care of us. That is the point of a government, right. is to... Otherwise, why would we have one, right? Like, it is meant bootstraps. to care for the citizens. Yeah. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. No, you got bootstraps. I just like, wish and I America and, like, the Amer- American government and the Democratic Party was better at... If the, like, cultural tone that we're reading and like the response to this clip was monetizable you would have companies like rushing in to try and like find a way to monetize it but like i I don't feel like there is that same sort of instinct to coordinate and organize around things that aren't monetizable in america yeah which is where i get worried
1: yeah, yeah, and I think well, I think what's powerful, too, is, like, the image itself, most people just saw it for what it was. Like, hold on. You're putting a bunch of cash on a rug, and you're making teachers, like, fucking scramble for it in order to fund their, like, educational endeavors.
0: With bike helmets on so that With, as they, like, crash well, into each other. Well, it's like hockey, other. dude, to
1: be honest. It's more of an aesthetic choice. It's pretty safe. We just thought it was an awesome group thing to do, you know. It'd be really cool to watch these teachers just sort of... Demonstrate physically how desperate they are to provide for their students. I will say, Miles,
0: there is what one of the people has a little like hat next to them, which suggests to me that they walked across the ice with the hat on, got the hockey helmet and put the hockey helmet on as the like grab for cash started because it was in an attempt to... not just like knock each other out as they were go- yeah. going for the money. But yeah, I mean I guess it is a hockey helmet on a hockey rink, but I, I also feel like it's like and man, they're going to be so wild to try well, and right, get yeah. funding for markers that they're going to like there's damage that could be done.
1: Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is all money that should be available to the people who are educating the future of the earth. Yeah. But again, we also see what happens when with a lack of good education and not challenging students and being able to develop critical thinking skills because you might just accept the first thing you hear that a friend says and be like yeah that's the truth man I think the vaccine is actually causing these mutations you're like huh uh-huh. but-
0: <laughs> well Allie it's been such a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist
2: oh thank you so much
0: where can people uh, find you and follow you
2: I'm on Instagram as the real Allie Vingiano mm-hmm. and Twitter which I've tried to stay off of but i do struggle with it um i'm just ali vingiano on twitter and i'm also the movie the end of us just came out on december 7th on demand so you can stream it on amazon or itunes and yeah i star in that so that's where you can find me
0: yeah yeah is there a tweet or something on instagram or social media that you have been enjoying
2: Oh, well I picked a tweet, so I don't know if you guys have already discussed this Chastin Buddha Judge tweet, but I mm-hmm. had to think I had to go to that.
0: I we have not. <laughs> you know, I don't even okay. know
2: what it is. Okay. So Chastin oh no, he he posted it on his story. Okay. But I found it on Twitter and it's a it's a screenshot of his student loan payment. It's a screenshot from, I guess, I don't know who the government, the student, the people who ha- have his loans. That says, Chaston, your student loan payments restart after January 31st, 2022. You'll soon receive a bill from your student loan service. And he posted it, LOL, no thank you. Merry Christmas next. <laughs> and it's just such a beautiful tweet to me. You know, it is a problem, I think, that Joe Biden is, now we all have to start paying our loans again. You know, we're still in this pandemic, and it's just not the best electoral strategy, I would say. But there's also, what else is he supposed to do? Although he did say he'd cancel some student debt. So it's just, uh, and you know, and that would be one thing he could do. But Chats and Buttigieg publicly posting this, whether or not he has awareness of what exactly he did, I'm not sure. But either way, I think it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is Pete, like, I feel like people are starting to think Pete Buttigieg is, like, the answer to the, like, that he's going to step in and be the Democratic candidate that people can elect because Biden and Harris are not it. I don't know. God. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> only we could be so lucky. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, he—he he, at least people voted for him. Like you know, at least it seemed like there was some response to him. So I mean, yes, no, I—I am—I do not. I'm not here supporting Pete Buttigieg. That's not sure. why I picked this tweet. He's not for yeah, me. Yeah. He's not it. He is not right. it. But at yeah. least, at least some people voted for him. Whereas like Kamala, like although I understand why she was picked as vice president, like did really struggle to get votes and so yeah i think it's a harder sell for president Buttigieg. Yeah. but hopefully someone else will come through i really i really uh, you know i don't want to be out here standing people to judge
1: Yeah, it's, it's i don't know what it's gonna take honestly because like you'd have to abandon all of the accepted wisdom of the democratic party to like actually do something that is what we're talking about to help people you know to put someone out there who's not trying to constantly figure out like a triangulation, but to speak very directly about the problems that exist and not shy away from them. Because I think that's another issue that American politicians have is like, don't diagnose the problem too deep because then you sound like you hate America. Like if we need people with the skills to be able to communicate that there are problems that can be solved rather than like, you hate America because you're pointing stuff out. Yeah.
2: It is so true that anytime you try to help people, it's like, well, you hate, you hate it. You hate our, our our country, and it's like, I wish it could be reframed a little bit. Of like, no, I love the people here, so I want to try to do something that actually benefits <laughs> right. their lives. Yeah. So
1: much so that <laughs> I I acknowledge the uh, need for something quite drastic, right? Uh, for for people to have a better lived outcomes.
2: People should have teeth when they're on Medicare. Like, <laughs> hey you hate
1: the cut. Co- you hate <laughs> the like, country, Ali. Like, none of that.
2: <laughs> You're a communist. It's like, hey, well, this I- commie said we should have teeth. <laughs> And it's real. My parents just had dental surgery, and it was like, oh, it was like almost like ten thousand dollars. And like, it's they Jesus, don't they. Right. It wasn't on their health care, and it's like fucking insane that that's just like you know a reality.
0: Miles, where can people find you and follow you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying?
1: Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at miles of gray, and also the other pod for twenty day fiance with Sophie Alexandra, where we talk about our favorite ninety day fiance off that loud. Okay, now some tweets that I like. First one is from at Silly Asshole tweeted, please don't eat edibles while watching Law & Order. I thought I was the damn suspect. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's great. Do, uh, do, you know, if that's if that's how you react, yeah, maybe don't watch an intense show like that. And one more from uh, Ryan Aguirre at Agiri Ryan tweeted, why did we need to make West Side Story? Like, bitch, do you know how many times I've watched Batman's parents die? <laughs> so, yeah. Let the remake West Side Story. Shit.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. A couple tweets I've been enjoying. Some guy named Andy Richter tweeted, every year when I get the Christmas lights out of the garage, I'm struck by how little respect last year's me has for this year's (laughs) me.
2: Oh, I feel that. I feel that. I'm so
1: rude. I'm so fucking rude. (laughs) Snarled like Rat King of christmas lights
0: and i also like have a higher respect for my ability to like make sense of it than I like i sometimes do this thing where i'll like tie ribbon like i'll do a small roll tie ribbon around that do a small roll tie ribbon around that but it's still a complete fucking mess and the ribbon never lasts and it's just like oh that's so optimistic mm. and then jack crosby tweeted maybe a controversial take but car headlights are too bright these days Every single SUV <laughs> is equipped with, like, military-grade halogen retina destroyers. Jeep Grand Cherokee driving around with the 911 memorial spotlights on the front. Lighthouse-ass
1: Chevy Tahoe's grow-up. I just feel that
2: as an old. So deeply, I feel that. <laughs> like mm.
1: <laughs> Half the time, I'm always like, yo, this asshole got their high beams on. Same. right? And, yeah. like, went in my rear view, and I'm like, I don't. I don't know. I think it's just all these fucking super hyper white lights that are.
3: Yeah. Them.
0: And then you flick your high beams at them and then they flick theirs at you. And, and you're like, like, oh, shit. <laughs> you're like Those weren't the high beams. And your hat spins around on your head. Yeah, you get, like,
1: an instant tan. Like,
0: what the (laughs) fuck? Uh, You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy?
1: Oh, man. Okay, so I'm going... Going more, more background music I love BGM background music It's just a good Wallpaper for your home The music is relaxing It's not complex enough that it's distracting And I just want to go out from This is a different BGM artist uh, On Spotify called Cafe Music BGM Channel Okay And this is from the album Christmas Jazz And this is the track The, the, the all time favorite Silent Night but the old jazz background music version and i know you people are like well this is fucking weird compared to most of the stuff i recommend i'm telling you yeah you keep background music at a low hum in your house it does some shit it, it helps kind of alleviate the environment it doesn't always have to be music you love because i find that to be really distracting sometimes or like laboring over a playlist just try some BGM these holidays okay do it for
0: yourself do it for do yourself, yourself. All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcaster, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And
3: we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.